everyone, Terry Welbrock here, host of the Healing Place podcast. Just wanted to take a second before today's episode to throw out a couple of little requests. If you haven't yet written a review or given a five-star rating, if you love the show, to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or the Facebook page, please do so uh, as it really helps with the show continuing to be recognized and uh, climbing climbing up in the ranks. Um, we continue to have amazing downloads and still being downloaded in 125 countries and in the top 2% globally out of 3 million shows. Yay! And that's all thanks to you. So please know I'm giving you a big giant hug for tuning in and uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for inviting friends and family and co-workers and whoever, strangers on the street uh, to listen in to the Healing Place podcast. So I really appreciate it. All right, now it's for today's wonderful episode. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so very happy to have with me today Tashina King, and she is Women's Mindset and Confidence Coach and Founder at Empowered to Greatness. So welcome to Sheena. Thank you, Terry. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm super excited. I, we we had connected a couple times. We've been chatting back and forth for gosh, a couple of months. You were expecting your second little one, and now that little one is here and five months old, which I'm like, wow, time goes by fast. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So again, congrats on congrats on that addition to your family. Um, so yeah, so talk to us about your role and in, in what it is and, and how you were inspired inspired to do this. The inspiration really is my mom, was my mom, still is my mom. I grew up personally, my my introduction into the world of coaching. I grew up dancing something I always knew I wanted to do as a little girl. I felt like I was born into this life to to dance. And so I pursued that career path right out of high school. And just between a performing arts company that I was involved in, and then I transitioned into a form of partner dancing called West Coast Swing. I always felt like I was progressing in that career of having a professional you know, dance career, but I was never really making it into what I wanted it to be and what I knew it could be and what I knew I could do in my heart. I felt like there was more. I felt like I continued to meet roadblocks and like a glass wall in front of me where I could see what was possible, but I just couldn't break through. And it was at the time where I hit a super low low where I was really ready to just throw my hands up and walk away away from everything. I'd moved out to California at that point twice to pursue my dance career. And I kind of had a come to God universe spirit meeting. And I said, look, if you don't want me doing this, I need a very clear sign. And if you do, I also need a very clear sign. I, I'm, I'm just not sure what direction to go at this point. And I had a conversation with my mom who at the time was doing clinical hypnotherapy, but was also training as an instructor in another form of work called Psyche. And she and I were talking and I had this memory arise that when I was 12 years old, a studio that I had been attending since I was two and a half. So I was roughly there for 10 years. The mentor there that I connected with was upset that I was leaving the studio 
And she told me after my parents had left the conversation that I would never amount to anything as a dancer. And at the time of 12 years old, I didn't realize how deeply that had sunk into my being. I think on every level, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, cellular. And it wasn't until this conversation with my mom at the age of 20, I think it was about 20, that I realized that everything in my dance career, at least up to that point, from that moment when she wagged her finger and told me that, really had been a reflection of that belief that I had believed to be true, that I wouldn't amount to anything as a dancer. And uh, it just was like, holy cow, I, I just, I've been living with this belief for so many years and it's just become a part of my life. And but now I'm realizing that it's not the life that I want to have. I don't want to have this belief anymore about myself that I can't make it as an artist. I can't make it as a female entrepreneur and I can't live out my soul's calling and my soul's passion. And so my mom and I started to do a lot of work of shifting my own personal beliefs about myself at the subconscious level. And if you know those of you that are listening have a little bit more of a spiritual connection to life and it really started to bring up about started to bring up a lot more kind of spiritual lessons that I felt like I was uh, here to understand and learn about myself too. And so we started doing this work at that subconscious level and at a spiritual level to really help myself heal from that perceived truth that I had had for myself for so many years. And then within about four months, literally within four months, competitively, I started making finals. I hadn't changed anything else in my technical training prior to that. And then about three years to the day of having that real big aha, I made it competitively to the top level and I placed fourth. And so it was through my own personal journey of realizing the power of our beliefs about ourselves that we hold at such a deep level that I feel called to start sharing this work with other people because I felt like once I was able to identify what was holding me back internally and do the work, you know, take the time, the investment to dive into myself and really reflect what do I want out of this life? What type of actualization of my soul's calling and soul's passion do I want to have happen? Um, that I start to see changes outwardly in my life, but it really took the time of going inward, making those shifts occur to see the outward reflection of those changes. And I thought, well, if it works for me, it can definitely work and support other people. And so at that point, my mom uh, was already an international instructor of the work. And so I actually trained under her. And immediately as I was then at that point, traveling internationally, teaching dance, judging, um, mentoring and coaching, I started introducing the work to my dance students. And it's amazing to me the parallels between partner dancing and life. There's so many parallels that show up, you know, the role of leading or following, uh, tapping into our masculine or our feminine, you know, self-expression, taking risks, being creative. So many aspects were showing up in other people's lives and their work and their family units and in their friendships, romantic interests. And so I started doing this work with other people. And not only was their dance experience shifting, improving, but they were experiencing little miracles happen in their day to day life, too. And so that's where I 
really recognize that the next level of my soul calling, if you will, was to not just dance, but also to support people in moving through their own blocks that they have in their subconscious beliefs. Yeah. Wow. There was so much there. Did you see me? Like I was, I was cheering. I was nodding my head. My eyes were getting big because I was connecting to so much only because I have an episode coming out this week with a hypnotherapist. I'm doing a healers of Hilton head special. And I had a session with her and oh my, it was such an aha, like, like mind blowing. And I'm going to talk about it on that, on that particular uh, episode, but wow. When you like, I did EMDR for mm-hmm. for four years and now I'm back at it again. Um, but when you, you do, when you tap into some of these things that may have been said nonchalantly, right. may have been said cruel, cruelly, like I had a horrific fear of bridges. I, I'm getting so much better, but I had it for so long. And then I, we went back in time and I was like, oh my gosh, my grandparents lived in Kentucky. We lived in Ohio and the Ohio river went between us. And the only way to get to them was over a bridge. And my dad used to think it was hilarious to talk about this humming bridge in downtown Cincinnati and say, oh, this bridge was built in the 1700s. It's just going to fall someday. You know, it's really, really old. And so my little brain was like, oh my God, bridges are terrifying. Like at any moment you could just, yeah, it's just going to crumble. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how the subconscious works. Yeah, but I I love what you said about even in the cell, like to the cellular level, because that that's really impactful that yes, it does. It affects you, mind, body, soul, brains, thoughts, cellular. Yes, I'm so glad you were able to, to tap into it and then recognize it. And that's such a beautiful message is that then with that knowledge, that self knowledge, we can say, no, those words can't hold power over me anymore. And make the shift. Yeah, it really empowers an individual to move out of the victim state, regardless of the the um, the level of victimness. But I didn't even realize I there was a part of I felt victim to never making it, you know, in my dance career. And then upon the recognition of that belief, it was like, no, I actually do have the capability of shifting it and changing that and be a an empowering co-creator of the life, you know, and get to be in the driver's seat. I don't have to be victim to what happened to me years ago. I get to really write the story I want for myself. Yes. And I love again that you just said co-creating. That's that's new to my vocabulary as well. It's been coming up on my radar a lot lately. Mm. Um, and I think it's that's such a great message. And when I think of dance, like I'm a big dancer, not that I yeah. do it well, but you know, I love just dancing around the kitchen. If I've got the Christmas tunes on or whatever, I just <laughs> dancing. And um, my friends and I used to choreograph and, you know, cause I grew up in the seventies. And so we had our little disco. We can still do yep. some of our dance moves when we get. Oh, to I like- love that. <laughs> but, but that reminds me, you know, like dancing is it's your own creation. Even there's though there's specific steps or there's like, it's yours. Right. And so you're co-creating with the music, with, the choreography. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So that was my, my journey into coaching and how I fell in love with it and, and getting to see people really step into their own power and create the life on their own terms. Really, again, at that subconscious, cellular, spiritual, emotional level, really create the life that they want is just incredible because the ripple effect of that as well is you just don't get to see the ends of that ripple effect, you know, because when we show up differently in our world, 
people around us show up differently, different circumstances come into our lives, we're able to see things differently, you know, so, and it just is incredible then what that does to those, the life around us. Oh, Definitely. Again, I tell my kids all the time, probably to the point of absolute annoyance, the energy you put out into the world is the energy that comes back. And it's it's so very true. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. When you're given out that I can do this, it's amazing the opportunities that then start the doors that open. And yes, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I had, oh, I had a question that popped in now. It's gone out of my head. Oh, so like, do you have a target audience? Is there some a specific group that you like to work with? I really am, I've got three areas that I'm really, really passionate about, and I'm finding this fun, unique way of blending it. But where I support people primarily is creative female entrepreneurs who really want, much like myself, to follow their heart's calling, their soul's calling, and to help them get out of their way and whatever that looks like with whatever subconscious beliefs are blocking them and help them really tap into their creative genius and step into their calling so they can shine brightly and and play full out and show up big and take risks and find their creative flow and their creative cycle. There's so much about, you know, a cycle of our creativity and, and again, make, make a platform where they feel like they can stay in touch with themselves, know themselves and work through whatever shows up. Cause no matter a person's progression through self-healing or personal development, there's always going to be new layers that arise as we continue to grow. And so to help support an individual continuously have a tool to where they can meet whatever challenges are there and move through them quickly with ease is where I really love to support women, especially. Wonderful. I know for me, and this is just a personal question, um, just out of curiosity, do do you seem to find uh, that these women have imposter syndrome because I know for me, what's held me back a lot with taking what I loved what you just said about, uh, you know, the not risky, but taking those, taking the risk. Yeah. Taking those, those steps to be like, Oh, just do it. Like do it. And then I'm like, Oh, does anybody really want to listen to me talk about this? Yeah. And the core things I find that continuously come up, regardless of what the individual's business is, or regardless of what the individual is feeling called to step into in their life, is it really boils down to these beliefs of I'm not good enough. And what I have to say or offer, give, be of service with isn't a value or isn't important. Right. Yeah. And so, or perfectionism. Perfectionism is another huge topic that comes up. And so, those three things tend to play into this imposter syndrome where we feel like we can't really, you know, be the authority in whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah. Because I believe that we're not good enough. Yeah. So oh, for sure. Yeah. I have my, you know, my little mantras hanging around and then I'm like, you know, I am worthy. I am like, I do, I do it because it is that's that trying to, to convince myself almost like, yes, it is. But, uh, but I love yeah. it. Like the idea of a coach really guiding people and walking people through. Um, and, and so that's what you do is it's really a hand to hold. Um, and you guide yeah, them I, through. I do. So in the sessions that I have with people, A lot of it is taking those mantras that we tend to say to ourselves, which works at the conscious 
the conscious mind level, which is very present moment. But what happens is then when we get onto the next to do item on our list, or we have to go, you know, help take care of the family, or we get onto the next thing, when our conscious mind is no longer focusing on that mantra, what happens is the programming that was set up for ourselves at some point in our subconscious mind kicks back in. So whether that was an example, uh, I'll share of a client, she had super, super, super curly hair, big, big, you know, loud hair, just gorgeous. And her sister growing up was very opposite, had this very sleek, shiny, long hair. And her grandmother consistently compared her to her sister. Why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you take care of your hair better like your sister? Why can't you do this like your sister? And so she, because that was her natural organic way of self-expression, started to form this belief about herself at a very young age that how I show up naturally in the world isn't okay. It's not good enough. And so all the way from her childhood into adulthood when her and I met was this, you know, trying to cover it up, trying to fix what wasn't right, you know, putting on makeup when it didn't feel natural, wearing clothes that didn't feel like fit her body, but thought that would be accepted in the workplace because it showed that she was professional or whatnot. And it wasn't until we had that discovery of that initial core time in her, her life when she was a young girl with her grandmother, did she realize at a subconscious level, no matter how much outwardly she tried to fix it, the mantra she tried to say to herself, that internal subconscious belief of no matter how I show up, it's not good enough. It wasn't until we reprogrammed that, if you will, at the subconscious level, did she start to be confident in who she was naturally as a woman without any other clothes, makeup, hair product, glasses, contacts. And so once she was able to shift that internally, again, at that cellular level to where she wasn't having to consciously keep telling herself that, but she just, again, like the cellular essence changed her spiritual, emotional essence changed about her okayness with just who she was as a person, how she came into the world she was able to um, speak up in her business meetings at work, which eventually got her a promotion, which eventually then shifted her into another role in her company. She was also a dancer. That's how she and I met. So her dance competitions changed because she was no longer trying to be somebody that she wasn't. But the conscious mind mantra of it wasn't working consistently. It would it would work for a moment. But then when right. she got, you know, on to other things that old programming of who she was wasn't okay came back into play. And so how I work with people as a coach is we work in session with processes that literally is changing those internal beliefs at a subconscious level. So that when you do go on to other things at a conscious mind perspective, new programming is running in the background, which then enables you to show up differently, have different conversations, take those risks, find your creativity and such. Yeah. Now, as you talk, we talk often on the show about um, brain plasticity and rewiring. And so as you talk, I mean, that's what I'm hearing is that, you know, those old tape loops, right? Someone had, had described it to me once is when, when you're listening to the same, you know, records over and over and over, 
whatever that, that those grooves become deeper and deeper and deeper. And so you're in that rut. And, but as right. you, as you start to create new ways of thinking and new neuron pathways uh, yeah. that, and I loved this visual of then you're not traveling those old roads anymore, right? They grow no, over with weeds <laughs> yeah, and they fill up and with weeds and then you don't even, and then you're just automatically now going down this new path. And I, I love that. And uh, yeah, what great work that is. It's brilliant and wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I really, really love it. I love it is an understatement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really an understatement. And the beautiful thing is um, anyone can actually learn how to do the psychic approaches. Um, so you can empower yourself to have that skill set. So in the moment when something occurs that isn't serving you, you can shift it in that moment if you choose. And I think that's one of the most empowering places to be. So I don't personally teach. My mom does. That's her passion is teaching it. I really love working with a person and diving in. And there's a lot of power, I think, to be said in working with somebody who can hold space for you to connect with your own inner truth, your own inner voice, and who can also help guide you through the processes and to bounce ideas off of. And I feel like that's where I really bring something special and unique to sessions is being able to read through the lines and see things that the person can't necessarily see in that moment. And so to be able to bring those to the surface and say, let's take a look at this and consider X, Y, and Z and how that all interplays into the current challenge that you're moving through and transforming. Yes. Well, and I personally believe that, that when, you, when you've come to this point of reaching out and saying, yes, I would love to work with a coach or a guide or someone is that you've, Truly, in my opinion, it's, it, you've opened yourself up to the possibilities. And that alone is a huge step in and of itself is to say, I'm open to this possibility of, of how you can guide me and help me. And so, yeah, again, kudos to all of you out there who are willing to take that step and reach out to folks like Tashina and say, hey, <laughs> all right, I'm ready to do this. So, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things I've noticed, especially for myself, when I first came into this work and with clients that I've worked with is this belief and perception that we have to do it alone or that we're strong and we're only independent if we do it alone and figure things out on by ourselves. But yet there's actual so much strength and support that can come from acknowledging that you maybe not even need help, but that would like help. And then allowing that into your space and into your life things can happen with such more magical touch if we allow ourselves to be supported, even if it's not a need, but just the want and willingness to invite someone else to support us in our our journey, I think is a really uh, important place to step into in one's personal development because everyone has had their own personal struggles and challenges that they've grown through and they can oftentimes offer insight in ways that we wouldn't be able to when we're in the thick of the challenge or thing we're navigating. So to ask for help and willingly receive the help and support, whether it's through a coach or through a friend or just opening up to someone that you're close to, there's a lot of power in that. Yes. Oh, most definitely. So now do you work with folks all over virtually? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, all over the U.S. I've got clients in Sweden and Germany and Norway and um, 
France I've had clients in. So yeah, people from all over the world, all backgrounds, ages, genders. So it's a beautiful skill set to support an individual with no matter where they're at in their life. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, so is there anything else that uh, we haven't had the opportunity to talk about yet that you wanted to touch upon? I invite people um, at the time of this recording, you know, it's end of 2022 into 23. And so whenever it is that you are listening to this, taking uh, some time to really reflect on your life currently and what's happening and to consider what internal beliefs have you had your whole life that have led up to this point in time. And then to consider, even if you have a great life, what beliefs could you change about yourself or enhance or transform that would enable, enable you to show up even more fully? And if your life's in a place that you're not very happy with, it's okay. And to know that you have the opportunity, the choice, and the resources available to you to change them, to create a different outward experience of your life and to identify what beliefs would you need? Would it be to know that you are enough, that regardless of what you produce, you are valued and you're important, you're worthy? So really drill down to what are those core beliefs that would support you in enhancing or rewiring at a subconscious level so that you yes. can really live what you're here to live. I love it. I love it. I think one of the things I had read on maybe your website or one of our emails back and forth was transform, empower, thrive, which I think is, is what you work for. And I love the idea of not only the transforming, but then your the empowerment part. Gosh, that's so important. I mean, again, such a big theme of so many of these podcast episodes, but then thriving. And that's, Again, for all of us who are trauma survivors, which I know a lot of this, the audience is, um, it's not just about being a survivor, but being yeah. a thriver and being yeah. able to get to that, to that level. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just share personally real quick. Um, as I communicated with you about a month and a half ago, we found out my mom had stage four lymphoma and it's been very inspiring and eye-opening to see her meet the cancer from the heart space, head space that she is in of not being angry that she has it, but really what can I learn from this cancer? Why is this cancer here as a teacher for me? And what can I do to thrive through this experience of transforming the cancer? And she definitely walks her talk. She is doing the psyche processes left and right as she's uncovering more and more about what this cancer is here to help her understand about herself. And so just that concept of thriving through something, even in the midst of the challenge, I think has taught me a lot currently right now. And she's, you know, been sharing her experience with those that are in her circle and her field. And it's been very eye-opening with the conversations I've heard take place that you can thrive at any stage, even if it's a challenging stage. And so that's another thing I would invite you, whoever you are that's listening to this right now is to ask yourself, what can I do to really thrive in this time in my life? And what do I need to be supported in that thriving and step into that? Yes. No oh, you got me all teared up for a moment because again, <laughs> I've been saying this and saying, 
Oh, for, I've been writing a book for nine years. I know it's been a long time, but one of the messages is, is that you can live a life of joy and tranquility, even in the midst of chaos. And so, yes, I love that you just added that bit of, you can be thriving even in these, these dark moments, this two-year health journey that I had been on and yay, I'm on the healing end of it. Um, hey, thanks. Um, Yes, being able to step back and I go, oh my God, I so related like my heart to your mom's heart and saying when I finally got to the point of, okay, hold up, what is the lesson I am, or lessons, because I think there's more than one in this particular one, <laughs> what <laughs> lessons am I, am I learning? Am I supposed to be learning from this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, kudos to your mom and yes, give her a big hug from me because uh yeah what a what a great mindset to have and um yeah mindset and heart set to to face it that way yeah she's she's still teaching me and teaching many others through this journey that she's on right now it's incredible wonderful now is she documenting her journey somewhere like does she have a blog I, or website or I really encouraged her to document it um i gave her a journal uh so Kind of a quick story. So she was, um, she and her boyfriend were on the way to Australia to visit his friends and family because that's where he grew up. She wasn't feeling well. She was coughing and had been coughing for a long time, but still decided to go to Australia for this three week trip. And on the plane there, 16 hour flight with the air pressure changes, it became incredibly difficult for her to breathe. When she arrived, she finally said, Okay, I, I need to get checked. I need some help. And it was, that unfoldment that they discovered that she actually had lymphoma. And because of the concern of the lymphatic system not processing the fluids in her body, she's not able to come back to the US right now. And so she's um, having to stay in Australia to, at first, she's chosen to do the chemo and she's looking at some other uh, approaches to working through the cancer. Um, so she's not able to come back yet. But um, through that whole experience, there's been incredible connections she's made with people there. She's actually, as she was in the hospital doing the first round of chemo, she was doing these psyche processes with one of the nurses and doctors there who was having her own challenges. So it's also been a huge lesson of, I think there's a lot more being orchestrated from up above or behind the scenes than we can see maybe yeah. from our own standpoint and the importance of her needing to be there in Australia uh, to to go through this and to meet people that she's supposed to meet. And so, you know, at first when we got the news, it was kind of scary and definitely got in, I for sure, I'll admit, went into the fear of it all. But after that initial kind of shock and trauma hit, um, sitting with, again, what are the teachers here? What are the silver linings? What's the meaning, the purpose, the, the reasoning for it happening, happening now and happening like this? And so there's been a lot of things that have been brought to the forefront for her purposes of actually being in Australia, which has been incredible to watch too. So to also take a, a breath and go, okay, there's things working in my higher good or for my higher good that I may not understand right now, but to hold space for those to come to fruition yes. and, and give things time and space to come. Beautiful. So, well, thank yeah. you for sharing that. And yeah, again, I just think, um, 
Well, gosh, she could write a she 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 can write a book about it all when she's uh, yeah triumphed yeah. over this. So yeah, so she is documenting it there in Australia. Some journaling. She's got a GoFundMe page that we started and um, doing updates on that. And we did a I shared a video on Facebook where she was ready to shave her head. So when I went to Australia to visit her, I brought the buzzer and <laughs> videotapes her shaving her head, and she's laughing and seeing herself for the first time without hair, you know, something that we identify with so much throughout our life. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Well, you'll have to send me the GoFundMe link and, and okay. the link to the link to that video and I'll, I'll put sure. it in show notes too. Um, oh, okay. So Thanks. folks can connect with her as well. So, yeah. okay. which leads me to, so how do people connect with you? My uh, website is empowered to greatness. So the number two greatness.com. And we can connect there through email. I'm also on Instagram under transform with Tashina. And then as a way of supporting people, just an initial way of getting to know me a little bit of how I work. I also have a free offer, which is how to break the perfectionist mindset. And so if that's something that you find yourself struggling through or with, I'd be happy to you know, include that in the show, uh, show notes as well so that you could sure. get a little bit of information with that. So email or Instagram are usually the best modalities to connect with me. Awesome. All right. Well, it has just been an absolute joy to have you here with me today. And uh, again, prayers up for your mom on her journey, her healing journey. And uh, yeah, so thank you. Well, thank you so much, Terry. I so appreciate you creating this platform and this space to have individuals like myself come on and have these really wonderful organic conversations and Thank you for showing up and following your calling and your passion. Oh, thank you. Thanks. It is. I call it my soul work. So <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today. And remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for... Uh, Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.